0: Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media.
1: Sometimes your life speaks volumes. Sometimes it's just what you do that is your sermon. It's been said Christians are walking epistles written by God and read by men. What are people reading emblazoned
0: across your Christian life? Coming up on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie wants to
1: help you to tune up your game. What kind of legacy are you going to leave? Are you a world changer or is the world changing you? This is the day when the lost are found.
0: In the mud with some white gloves on. Do the gloves get muddy or does the mud get glovy? Does the world rub off on us, or do we rub off on the world? It's an important question. It gets right to the heart of our jobs as ambassadors for Christ. Today, on a new beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to take some positive steps toward being salt and light. We'll consider the impact of some of our forefathers of the faith.
1: Well, we start a brand new series, and we're calling it "World Changers," and it's based on Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to look at the stories of great men and women who serve God and, in effect, change their world. And we're going to see, after learning about them, how we can change ours. I mean, maybe it's a tall order to change the whole world, but what about your world? What about your sphere of influence? What about your friends and your family and your neighborhood, you can have an effect there. You can be the change agent. How do you do it? You do it through faith. Okay, now let's read about it. Hebrews 11. We're going to read verses 1 to 10. Verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And though he was dead he still speaks. By faith Enoch was taken away so he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken he had this testimony. He pleased God Without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. And he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. By faith Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen. Moved with godly fear and prepared an ark for the saving of his household. By which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place where he would go to receive his inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise, for he waited for the city, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. I love that. Now the first name that pops up in this account of the great heroes of faith is surprising. We would think it would be Abraham, or Noah, or Moses, or Sarah. The first person, Abel. Look at verse four. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts that though he was dead, he still speaks. Now that's an interesting thing because when you think of heroes of the Bible, Abel doesn't usually come to mind. Uh, you know, he didn't survive in a den filled with lions. He didn't destroy Philistines with a job He picked up off the ground. He, he didn't do any of these incredible things like part the Red Sea, and on the list goes. He's Abel. Well, let's see, who was Abel? He's the brother of Cain. Of course, they were the sons of Adam and Eve. You remember that God put our first parents in the garden, uh, said, "Hey, you guys, enjoy. have a great time. Uh, I'm going to show up every day. We're going to have a conversation. It's going to be amazing. Uh, one restriction: stay away from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil." everything else is good. Scene two. Adam and Eve at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Really? All the trees. Yeah. We are here. We just happen to be here. It is coincidental. Well what happens? The serpent comes. The devil tempts them. They eat of the forbidden fruit. Okay. Now fast forward. We are in chapter four of Genesis. They have two sons Cain and Abel. See they were literally raising Cain. That is where the expression came from. Two boys and now Cain and Abel are young men and they come and bring an offering to the Lord. Uh, Cain worked out there in the fields and Cain brought some of his crops from this field and then Abel brought uh, some firstborn lambs. The Lord accepted the offering of Abel and He rejected the offering of Cain. Why? Was it because of the offering itself? No. It was because of the motive behind the offering. A lot of times we make a big deal about what people give or how they sing or, or sort of the outward things. You know, you might be in church and someone sings very loudly and incredibly. And they know they're incredible. That's why they sing so loud. And they say, wow, that's, God must really like that. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. Depends on their heart. And there's somebody else that, you know, they can't stay on pitch. They're awful. But that may be a pleasing sound to heaven more than the person who sings incredibly. Why? Because God looks on the heart. Or when an offering is received. You know one person may drop a big roll of bills. or like a gangster. You know they it dropped like the mob guys carry the rolls of bills in their pocket. Uh, my friend Dennis Agajanian who when I last checked was not a mobster um, carries a roll of bills too. And and sometimes I'll say, "Can I borrow a dollar?" He pulls it out, peels it off. And so we were in a Starbucks once, and I saw the tip jar there, and I said, "Dennis, can I borrow a dollar?" He said, "Sure." He pulled out the big roll, and I grabbed it and dropped it in the little tip thing. <laughs> I've never seen an older man move so quickly in my life. I didn't know it was. He po- just <laughs> pull it back. <laughs> you know, a lot of panic there. And I did it again, second time can I borrow some bills? And this time I, it was even worse. I, I had it all timed out. I reached in so quickly. I pulled all the money out, dropped his roll, and put the money on top of it. And then I said, What are you doing? Because the moment I said it his hand was in the box and everyone was looking. You are stealing the money. He's looking around. He said, It's my money. It's my money. It's my money. It was a joke. Got it back. Third time I said, Dennis, can I borrow a dollar? He said, No, buddy. You can't. No. It's just... But you know, maybe in an offering, someone pulls out a big roll of bills, drops it, and whoa, the Lord's so pleased by that. Yeah, maybe. And then somebody else puts in $1. Wow, they're cheap. Hey, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. That person that gave all that money. They have so much more, and it 's nothing to them and that person who gave one dollar that may be everything. God looks on the heart and so here comes Cain with his offering. here it is lord saying eh, i 'm not interested it wasn 't offered in faith, motive was wrong, and then Abel comes along and brings his offering and faith. The Lord says, yeah, that's good. And then the Lord actually warns Cain because, see, Cain was ticked off that his brother's offering was accepted and his was rejected. He's steaming mad. I think Cain was clearly a hothead. You know, if he had a car, he would have been one of those road rage people. You know, he just was that guy. Just upset, mad, you know, angry that the Lord accepted his brother's offering over his own. So God literally speaks to Cain directly, it would even appear audibly, and says to him in Genesis 4-7, hey Cain listen to me for a second. If you do well will you not be accepted? But if you do not do well sin lies at your door and it is desirous for you so you need to rule over it. God saying listen sin is at your door. This could be literally translated sin is crouching at your door. Translated from Chinese, it would be crouching sin, hidden danger. Cain, <laughs> sin is like a wild beast, it's ready to pounce. So you better get control over it, or this is going to get the best of you. Well, clearly, he had not been doing well up to this point. He gave in to it because ultimately he killed his brother. Killed wow. his brother. Because God accepted his brother's offering and not his. This reminds us how powerful sin is. And sin is at your door too. Sin's at my door. The devil is looking for opportunities in your life. He's looking for vulnerabilities. He's looking for weaknesses. He's looking for ways to take you down.
0: Great to have you with us today. You're listening to Pastor Greg Laurie and A New Beginning. Pastor Greg is the senior pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, USA, and he's talking about faith today in a new series called World Changes. We're seeing how faith should characterize the way we live, but it's not always an easy road. Let's continue.
1: Living by faith has a price. Living by faith has a price. Listen, faith is the willingness to obey God regardless of the circumstances. You know, sometimes when... You decide to walk with Jesus as you ought to as a Christian. Not everyone likes it. You know, maybe some of you had a husband that said, I don't want you to go to church today. I, I don't want you to be a part of that, or a wife even. Some of you have friction with coworkers. You used to get along well, go out after work, have drinks. Everything was cool. Then you went and got yourself saved. <laughs> and now you don't want to go have drinks anymore. And now you want to talk about your faith. And they don't like that one bit. Or maybe it's something else. Some other conflict that has developed. Here's what's really strange. Sometimes it's lame Christians who will drag you down. Isn't it? Christians who want to just give the bare minimum. I mean consider this. When Moses wanted to deliver the Israelites from Egypt his fellow Jews got mad at him. Hey Moses what are you even doing here? You know we had a good life hanging out. You know working in the hot sun. Getting whipped by Egyptians all day. And you come along with your big ideas of faith and getting out of here and going to some place we have never even heard of. And you know now our life is harder. And the Pharaoh's taking taken our straw away. And it is harder to make bricks. Get out of here. Those are fellow believers. And sometimes you're saying, I'm going to totally follow Christ. And sometimes even people who profess to be Christians will say, you know, I don't know, you're getting a little too something, a little too fanatical, maybe. Because after church, you said, hey, I love this one point from the message. Eh, we don't really want to talk about that. We'd rather gossip. (laughs) Because we love to gossip. It even hisses when you say it, you know, it's just fun. Or we want to complain. Or we want to just tell jokes or whatever. You're bothering us. You see, there'll be opposition to people who step out in faith. Look what happened to Abel. He stepped out in faith and his brother killed him. Yeah, so listen. You need to step out in faith, but it's not always the easiest thing to do. Well, God's judgment came upon Cain. And I already told you the curse came upon Cain. Cain went out and had a family. Lived an aimless, purposeless life. Meanwhile, Abel made it into the hall of faith as a bonafide world changer. Look at verse four. God testifying of his gifts, though he was dead, he still speaks. No words are recorded from Abel anywhere in the Bible. Yet it says, he being dead still speaks. You know, sometimes your life speaks volumes. Sometimes it's just, What you do, that is your sermon. It's been said Christians are walking epistles written by God and read by men. And one day your life, my life is gonna come to an end and it's gonna be our funeral service. And we're gonna talk about that person. And though it is sad when a Christian dies and though we miss them terribly, especially if it was unexpected, we do have hope that we'll see them again in heaven And it's wonderful to talk about a life that was lived well and invested for God's glory and, and, you know, to really speak of that. That's a great thing. But then there's the services for people. Well, they were technically Christians, but, you know, they really didn't do much with their life. They weren't a world changer, that's for sure. In fact, if anything, the world changed them more than they changed the world, but there it is. And then there are people that didn't know the Lord at all. And you don't even want to talk about the afterlife for them. It's such a scary thought to think about them separated from God for all eternity. Life comes to an end and then we leave our legacy. What kind of legacy are you going to leave? Are you a world changer or is the world changing you? See Abel is remembered as a hero of the faith. Cain is remembered as the first murderer. Abel pleased God and God rewarded Abel. Cain gained the world and lost his soul. Abel lost his life but he gained the approval of God. So live your life well and be a world changer. Let me say one last thing about faith. It is faith in God. The Bible says, whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Do you have that kind of faith in God? I heard this story about a guy known as the Great Blondin. He was sort of a daredevil. Sort of the evil Knievel or the Robbie Knievel of his day. He would do great feats of daring to and people would come and watch him. And so one day the Great Blondin strung a tightrope over the Niagara Falls. And he was going to cross over. Well a big crowd was on each side. They are cheering him on. Go Great Blondin. We know you can do it. He stood before the crowd and said, How many of you believe that I the Great Blondin can walk across this tightrope and get to the other side? We believe. We believe they said. And he said, How many of you believe that I the Great Blondin can Across that tightrope pushing a wheelbarrow in front of me. We believe. We believe. How many of you believe that I could push a wheelbarrow across the rope over the Niagara Falls with a person inside? We believe. And one guy was yelling a little louder than the rest. And Blondin said, get in the wheelbarrow. (laughs) He left that place quickly. (laughs) So do you believe in Jesus? Oh I believe. I believe. Jesus says get in the wheelbarrow. Trust me. Put all your faith in me. Your faith will not be misplaced. Because God will be there for you. He will forgive you. He will be there for you on the other side when you enter eternity as well. And I ask you in closing, do you have this faith in God right now? Not faith in faith. Faith in Him. Do you believe in Him? Is He living inside of you? You say, Well, I think maybe God's in there somewhere. No, listen, if God's living in your life, you'll know it. And if you don't know it, hey, maybe He's not there. But that can change right now because the Bible says, for as many as received Him, He gave them the power to become sons of God, daughters of God, forgiven, knowing they're going to heaven. If you don't know that yet, I'm gonna give you a chance to believe. It's not enough to offer mere intellectual assent. The demons do that. I already pointed that out. You have to get in the wheelbarrow and believe in Jesus as Savior and Lord. Father, I ask now that you will speak to any here who do not yet know you. Help them to see how much they need you because they're separated from you by their sin. Help them to turn from their sin and believe in you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
0: Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer. And if you'd like to make a change today in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg would love to help you to do that
1: right now. Listen, if you would like to accept Jesus Christ into your life right now, and by that I mean if you would like your sin forgiven and have the assurance that you will go to heaven when you die, would you pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner but I thank you for dying on the cross for my sin and rising again from the dead. I'm sorry for my sin, Lord, and I turn from it now, and I put my faith in you to be my Savior, my Lord, my God, and my friend. Thank you for loving me and calling me and accepting me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Indeed,
0: welcome from all of us here at A New Beginning. Well done. We'd like to follow up with you by sending something that we call our New Believers Growth Packet. It'll help you to get started living as a Christian. We'll send it to you free of any charge or obligation. It'll answer some of the questions you might have and help you build a solid foundation for your faith. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you contact us on one 11. Well, tomorrow we bring you a sneak peek at what we can expect with the Rush of Hope, which is happening this weekend. It's a high-impact cinematic harvest crusade online. Be sure to join us tomorrow for more on A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. This is the day, the day when life begins. If you'd like a copy of today's full message from Pastor Greg, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called A Your World Changer. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.